Sunday school to me. I don't know if she told the whole, did you tell the whole class? Did you tell everybody what you told me? I might as well confess now. Tom Robinson, yeah, when did you see Tom Robinson? Uh, Saturday. Yesterday was a Sunday school teacher of mine when I was small. David Beasley was small, and Charlie Duncan was small, and David Light was small. We were taking up offering in Sunday school, as Tom Robinson tells it, and if Tom Robinson tells it, I would believe it. And one of them put in a nickel, and one of them put in a quarter. I was furiously writing a note, and I evidently put in an IOU for 10 cents <laughs> in 1960-something. I will now. You ever heard of Troy Hurtabies? Hurtabies? That name ring any bell. Probably shouldn't. You may be familiar with his work. He's a Canadian who for the past 30 years has been working on a suit of armor for close encounters with grizzly bears. Why, I don't know. But you'll see his work.
a boy had a bully that would come and demand his lunch money every day. And back then the lunch was 20 cents, and so every day the bully would want his 20 cents, and he would give it to him. So he decided he would fight back, and he went down the road. There was a karate school, and the instructor said, I could help you, and lessons were $5 each lesson. The kid said, that was a lot of money, and I just found it cheaper to pay the bully. <laughs> so I gave up karate. You think it's true that to some believers, it's easier to just pay the bully than to fight him? Yes. It's easier just to cave in, <coughs> give up, throw up their hands, not fight. And we all need to be strong. We need to be close. Verse 11, Ephesians 6, says, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 11 begins to talk about equipment, and we're going to look at that over the next several weeks. And also, we see the reason to be connected, because the devil has wiles, which is a word for plans or strategies or tricks to mess us up. Verse 12 talks more about that. Our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Satan is organized. In fact, I find there's two prevailing thoughts about the devil. Number one, Christians underestimate him, or people <coughs> underestimate him, thinking he's not that powerful or persuasive, and they fall into his trap. Or they overestimate him. Even though he's powerful, he's not all-powerful. Even though he's cunning, he's not all-powerful. He's no match for Jesus. So we will not overestimate either. So we get to verse 13 of Ephesians 6. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything, stand firm. Verse 11 tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Verse 13 says to take up the whole armor of God. Can you imagine our grizzly bear friend forgetting to put on his headgear? There, there was a little scene where you saw them hitting him and he didn't have his helmet on. And then the next one, you were checking to see if he had his helmet on. Or imagine flinging down that hill at Niagara Gorge without one of his arms covered or without something to cover one of his legs. The Bible emphasizes we have to put on all of it. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to see what all of that is. We can't just take part. Beginning in verse 14, now we get to the equipment. And today we're going to look at the belt of truth. And we should follow we'll go through the armor piece by piece by piece. So verse 14, stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's next week, the breastplate of righteousness. So, a Roman soldier would wear basically a square piece of cloth which would have a hole cut in the middle for the head, maybe some arms in it, and it was just a big piece of cloth. If you've gone to a toga party or seen Animal House, you have the picture of where I am. And I might be the only pastor in America who referenced animal house in a sermon. 
And so most combat was very close, and if you had that tunic on and it was flowing around, they could just grab you and just pull you around and you wouldn't make it. It'd be a bigger problem. So the soldier would take that cloth and he would pull it and wrap it and he would tuck it into his belt. And I just tried to turn off my, when I was tucking, I tried to do that. Before we go further, there is a picture in my mind today of people that need to wear a belt. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, there's an image in your mind already. Some people just need to wear a belt. How do you walk like that? How do you get around like that? And so this is a picture of making sure that you're able to run and that you're able to fight and that you're able to stand and not fall down all the time while you're doing this every few minutes. I don't know why that picture came to my head, but it did. Please forgive me. And so it's the belt of truth. God's timing is always perfect. And I don't understand it. But we need the truth today, don't we? Our friends at 3 o'clock are going to need the truth, aren't they? But that's just an example of everyday life, isn't it? We need the truth every day. John 8, 44, the second part says this about the devil. There's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so we're going to have to deal with lies, and we're going to have to fight those lies with the truth. In order to recognize a lie, you must first know the truth. You agree to that? In order to first recognize a lie, we have to first know what the truth is. And so it has never been more important than it is to a family than it is today. And thank God David and Tammy know the truth. But we need to pray for them that they don't listen to anything other than the truth, nor to any of us. Jesus said this in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way and the what? And the truth. And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If we're going to be effective in this world, we're going to have to know the truth and to hold on to it. God's truth keeps us from being deceived. And it keeps us from deceiving ourselves. Living in the truth frees us from the debilitating life that Satan wants for us. And if we do not believe his lies, we're not under his power. And he doesn't have an open door to damage us or to do damage through us. And so I had this sermon prepared when I got the call about Davis Beast. And I thought about God's timing and how important it is that we know the truth. David took his own life. And for years and years and years, we have heard different things about that. But what matters is not what we've heard, but what God says. And God does not say that's an unpardonable sin. God says the unpardonable sin is rejecting him. Period. And it's not choosing this. I'll talk about this today at the funeral, but we had a relative who this 30 years ago, Jeannie, 
to fadedness. And what helped me in dealing with that then and, and over time, realizing at that moment that was not fate. That was something else that took over. Faye had gone before this. This was not Davis Thursday night. This was something else. And what David and Tammy need, and what we need, is to know that nothing can separate us from love. Amen. And that's the truth. Let's pray again. Father, give, and I pray for all of the family, but right now we'll be specific for Tammy and for David. Give them the truth to comfort them when they have never been more uncomfortable. Give them the truth when Satan wants them to follow lies. Give us as the body of Christ the truth so we can love and minister and help when that's what we are called upon to do. Father, when we saw the man falling down the hill and getting hit, we, part of us, understood that that's what happens in our lives. And we also understand the truth of Ephesians 6. We need your armor to be able to stand. And Father, let us stand. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. We're not doing an invitation today. We're going to just stand and sing. And we're going to try to hold hands with each other. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. One of the blessings of being in a small church is, well, we can know each other and be honest with each other and pray for one another. Why don't we make a circle around the sanctuary? Let's do that. Let's get out of our pews and make a circle. And we will sing this as our closing hymn and our closing prayer. So we're just going to circle the room. Oh, we're going to